Average Traders Anonymous. What's happening, everyone? Welcome back to Average Traders Anonymous. Uh, this is a killer episode, if I do say so myself. Uh, it was one of the best interviews that I've ever listened to or been a part of. I'm a little bit biased, though. Uh, what happened, Kels? Yeah, so this was our first episode interviewing somebody on the outside, which was great for everybody involved, us and the listeners, because I'm tired of talking. I just got to hear someone else talk. But we had Drax from Famous Fox Federation come on board and answer all of our questions and basically just give us an inside scoop as to the foxes, as to his experience in cryptos and NFTs, and uh, just his take on a lot of things going on. So I know the foxes are going to enjoy listening to this. I think anybody who has any sort of idea in mind on how to start an NFT project should want to listen in on this because this guy has a great brain. He's got a great mind. He's got very strong discipline in this space. And uh, it, it's definitely shown with how, how good these foxes are doing right now. So uh, be sure to tune in in this episode. It's a certified banger if I do say so myself. And it was an absolute honor to have Dragston. Shout out to him. Uh, good luck with the Fox and everything. We're rooting for you. But uh, yeah, tune in, Average Trader, and uh, enjoy the episode. It's pretty awesome. You sound like you got the one experience, but two, the juice. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> it sounds like you got the juice for this NFT stuff. Like your personality, <laughs> just from this talk already, the first like two minutes, I can tell that you're just like wired in. You can keep up with the stuff that's going on. And it's such a crazy space. So you you in order to like succeed and like be able to work in a project that's stellar you you kind of have to be crazy a little bit i feel like would, <laughs> would you agree with that or well or no? so so i run the foxes i have a 40-hour job and an eight-month-old baby you no guys way. tell me you're, you're insane <laughs> you guys you're a psychopath <laughs> i couldn't do i could barely do one of those and you just combined all three like it's some infinity gauntlet and said this is fine i'm i'm doing all right yeah my, so when my, do you sleep uh yeah. what's what is sleep? No, I, <laughs> no, I mean, you know, the crazy part is like a lot of people, I mean, at least people that like I've been around, uh, you know, they, they go to sleep early and like wake up late, but like, that's never been like my mentality. It's always been like, you can either go to bed or like go to bed late or wake up early. Like that's kind of always been it for me. So, you know, I'm a, I'm an early bird at heart. You know, if I have to grind till 12 o'clock, one o'clock in the morning and then wake up at seven o'clock, like that's what I'm going to do. Like my, my start time is always seven o'clock. It doesn't matter what time I go to bed. Um, you know, there, there are some days where like, maybe I need like a midday crash, but, um, right. like I just, it's just wired in me to like, I genuinely enjoy doing every piece of what I'm doing in the space. And like, to have that like passion, it really is just like caffeine on steroids. Like I don't do coffee. I don't do any of that shit. No monster energy drinks or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I've been vegan for five years. Like I'm just constant wow. energy all day long. Like I could go into crazy stories. Like I, 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 you know, for health reasons, I switched over to be vegan and I dropped 90 pounds in six months. Like I, that's incredible. Just, yeah, yeah. I could solve a Rubik's cube, uh, speed solve. You know, my quickest time is under eighteen seconds. Like You're I can literally. Correct, <laughs> man. Oh my gosh. So it sounds like you have like an immense amount of discipline. First off, and then yeah, like on top of that, you have the passion. And that's funny you said that because I I feel like something that's so just awesome about NFTs is that it's giving people something to be passionate about. Whether they're just like an average trader like us, or whether they're leading a project that's like absolutely killing it in the space like you are right now with foxes like and, and the, it's something yeah. to be passionate in and actually like have a genuine interest in 
And that's the best part about it. Like I think when when people when NFTs first came out, right, 2017 NFT started existing. I think 2017 is probably the earliest. I mean, technically, I think it goes back all the way to like the RuneScape days because like that's where I that's where I come from in the gaming side. Um, but from from an NFT perspective, when it first came out, everyone's just like, oh, JPEG, right click, copy, like, yeah. you know, yeah. this whole this whole thing. But but when you look at what an NFT actually is, it's like ownership of a thing. And and you can put that on anything, yeah. right? Like you go to a store and like, why can you not just grab something off the shelf and walk out with it? Because you don't own it, right? Like at its simplest form, you can't just go to a supermarket, grab a piece of corn and walk out. You have to pay for it. And like, then it becomes your corn. It's, it's the same thing with NFTs. But now you can do it for whatever you want, right? Like, right. you know, QR codes, you know, people made those to get on the websites a lot easier. You know what I mean? Like, it's just another way of making something efficient. But like, if you have like any ounce of creativity um, or, or not, right, if you're passionate about something and there's some reason that everyone else or someone else should support you, like, put it out in the world and it either catches fire or it doesn't. And if it doesn't catch fire, you know, if you have the passion for it, do it again and do it again and do it yeah. again and, and fail, fail a hundred times, fail 99 times, that hundred times, fail 9,999 times, that 10,000th time, you know, could be it. And, and you can, and you can make it, you know, like yeah. when we, when we first created the foxes, would I have been able to told you that six months later, this is where we'd be, or we'd be list, going to be one of the first collections listed on open seas. I tell you, you're on your fucking mind. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. But like, but like to get that, that email, that's like, Hey, uh, I'm so-and-so from open sea, you know, we're interested in getting your collection listed, you know, as one of the first few you're that's like, crazy, yeah. Man. Okay. Wow. Okay. Nice, nice scam link, bro. Like I'm not clicking that. <laughs> <Right? shit. laughs> you know, you know what I mean? So then totally. it's just, it's just crazy. And then to get connected with people and they're like, all right, fill out this form. And then you get this Solana partnership with open sea form where you have to give all the information that you want for your collections and all this, that, and the other thing. And you're just like, dude, this is fucking real. And then it's like, all right, well, I can't talk about this with anyone, but like, how can I not talk about this to anyone? <laughs> because it's just right. like, yeah, so man. crazy and and yes i mean you know i have a question leading sure. off of that to interrupt yeah. you a little bit no no, what no. Is it, interrupt what has it been like to have that level of success that we're talking about right now and also you when we were talking earlier you mentioned you also live real life the same exact way it sounds like you did before famous foxes what has that been like of having a level of success where i'm assuming you probably could just do this and be totally fine for the current time being. How do you balance that in kind of your your work life, your family life, all of those things together? That's something we talk about all the time is how do we find balance? But we neither of us have the scope or the understanding of the level of success you're living in. Yeah, it is it is extremely difficult uh, to do my day to day job every day and and. And I, I don't want it to like, it, this is going to come out to sound really rude and, and I don't want <laughs> it to see, to seem that way. But like I, with the level of success that we have with foxes, there, there are literal days, weeks where like I'm making more money than the CEO <laughs> at, at yeah. the company yeah. I work for. Right. Totally. 
and I have my manager telling me what to do. (laughs) (laughs) And then, and then I get passed up for an interview for a management job. Give me one quick second. No worries. No, you're good. Yeah. That has to be, that has to be a mind boggling experience to be in both. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, exactly. And, 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 you know, to have someone else like kind of tell you what to do and stuff like that, like it eats at me a little bit every day. And then like I use, I've got my gaming PC, I've got a gaming laptop, like I use good equipment to do the things that I have to do because I need it to perform. My normie job, like we're still using like Office 2016. Ah, yeah. (laughs) So like like, it it takes me 10 minutes to save a file on the computer. And like, I want to just throw it out the window, be like, please fire me. And then, you know what I mean? And just like walk away from it because it's, it's, it's challenging. And then from the mindset perspective, right? Everyone that's at my normie job, you know, they're, they're stuck in a path where it's like, you have to retire at 55 or 60. And like, I know people that are, are very successful at what they do in the company. They're paid very well. You know, I, I asked them outright, like, oh, when are you retiring? Oh, you know, I'm 52. I still have a whole lot of time before I retire. Like, fuck that. Right. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, totally. Like, 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 you know what I mean? Like, I get it. I get how people want to be on the safe side. And like, I always go out and get like these goofy, you know, like, uh, like things to throw up on the wall. So like the one thing is like the harder you work, the luckier you get. And, you know, I, I put that up on the wall and like put spray paint on top of it and then take like the decal off. So it's kind of cool up on the wall. Yeah. And then the other one I got is like, you know, to, to risk nothing is risking everything. I mean, it's just shit like that. Like, you know, it's, it kills me that people just have like that mindset and like, they're so like, like, I don't know, ignorant to like the rest of the world or complacent or whatever. Yeah. And, and it's just like the norm and it yeah. sucks. It sucks because they're good people, right? Like I don't work with shit people. If I work with shit people, I go to another job. I've been at my job for 13 years. Um, wow. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and in today's day and age, I mean, for a person like myself, people jump to a new job every six months to get a, a 3% raise or a 5% raise or a 10% raise. On the and, room, and that, yeah. Yeah. But that way, like you're, you know, you get like a skill set, you, you know, jump somewhere else, you get additional skill set, you keep like marketing yourself. And then, you know, it, it, if it comes a challenge, because if I'm someone hiring someone, would I rather hire someone that's bounced around every six months? Or would I rather hire someone that's been in a place for 10 years plus? I mean, like who's going to actually stay, right? Right. Um, but like, it's just a whole different mindset. So like it, it becomes a challenge like every single day. It's just like a, mm-hmm. a, a new process that we have to follow or something where it's like, okay, I can just shit post a tweet or whatever, you know, and, and get, you know, some level of gratification from it, or I can follow this process, get someone to holler at me for it and like yeah. have to sit, sit there and like take it on the chin because that's just what it is, you know? Right. Definitely. So, it's, it's, it's a struggle. It's, it's humbling in all honesty. You know what I mean? Like it's, I don't come from money or anything like that. Like this is just, I, I was introduced into the crypto space, like off a whim coming from the stock side, losing 70 some thousand dollars trading options and looking to oh, try to find damn. whatever, what whatever, an entrance. Oh my what, what an entrance. Well, the crazy part too, right. Is that like, I saw Bitcoin stuff. I was part of a stock trading um, um, discord. And then I sent a message to the owner and I was like, Hey, this like cryptocurrency, Bitcoin stuff might be something like at the end right. of 2016. And, and, oh, um, man. That I know it's nice time to join. I know. And he, and he, and he faded me. And, and so I like <laughs> looked, 
I looked into it a little bit more myself and I actually uh, like wired 36 grand in like early 2017 and bought 40 bitcoins at like $825. Damn, and like, man. And like, and like, the, the, you. holy well, crap. <laughs> well, but, all right, but, but I didn't hold it. So, so, uh, so okay, okay. I, oh, okay, that's fair. Yeah, I want to paint the whole picture because I think it's important, especially for like your listeners. Right. So I that did strange, that. The, the bank manager said I was crazy and told me not to do it. Like, he's like, why are you this, that, and the other thing? I'm like, dude, it's going to be this huge thing. Like, you have no idea the potential behind this. And, 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 I didn't know the potential behind it either, but I'm coming from the stock trading side where if you do like 3%, 5% in a month, you're doing well. You're, you're well, stoking. I, yeah, exactly. And so I bought 36 grand worth of Bitcoin and a month later I sold it for 50% profit. Wow. Because because you're you're coming off of fucking stocks. If I made 50% in a year, I'm, I'm, I'm through the moon. Right. Yeah, you're a genius. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And exactly. then and then two months later, it's $17,000 a piece and I'm like, fuck (laughs) (laughs) you know yeah i had it i i I had it and and i let it go ethereum was twelve dollars i could have bought three three thousand ethereum when i wired that money over yeah and that and that would have been 4.5 million dollars in like let's Mm -hmm. call it three months four months yeah here's what i always do though is like when i get myself in those what if scenarios in my head i get so down on myself so i i I don't even let myself go there i i honestly don't because it's just it hinders my ability to move past like the mistakes that i made and get ready for the next one because who knows what the next one could be it could be the next ethereum jump from 12 to 4k or whatever it is sure but if i'm just too busy you know just hating on myself because i i paper handed something um, it's just going to get in the way of, of my mental ability to, to focus, honestly. Yeah. yeah it's, it's just it, not a healthy way to trade. A hundred percent. I a hundred percent agree with you. And, and, and it's crazy. Cause like, I always kind of look back on it, you know what I mean? So like mm, the, yeah. the good, the good part about it is that it's a lesson. It didn't cost me anything. Well, right. opportunity cost wise it did, but it didn't cost me anything to learn that. But right. I really, I really still didn't actually like learn, didn't lose learn. Anything, right. I didn't lose yeah, I didn't lose anything, but I really didn't like learn, learn from it either. Right. The the, the learning side is hodl. Right. Hodl yeah, hodl hodl right, something. Yeah. I mean hodl a quarter, like whatever. Like like figure out what your strategy is. I mean I, I don't know if you guys like suggest this, but not financial advice, do your own research, but like hodl something when yeah. you get, get into the trading side. Because then like the next thing for me was like, okay, this happened and then we get into a bear market. And Bitcoin went down to like, I don't know, $3,000, $4,000. And I think it was like 2019 where I was like, okay, like this, this is, I stole my normie job. I'm good to go. Let me switch my 401k from maxing contributions every year to matching, maxing what the, their match is for my company. And the rest of that, figure out the post-tax value and put that into whatever crypto tickled my fancy every other week. And, and I <laughs> yeah. did. Right. And I and I my my mental game was until Bitcoin cracks its previous high, you do this, mm-hmm. and yeah, and that's what I did. Twenty nineteen until early twenty twenty one, that's what I did. I just kept socking money away, socking money away. Early twenty twenty one, Bitcoin broke out from from where it was before, and I'm like, all right, Bitcoin's going on a run. What else? What else am I watching? That's like kind of a, from a tracking side that could potentially do well. And um, I'm a big fan of KuCoin. I don't know where you guys yeah. trade at. I just started using it for the first time. 
Yeah, huge I've fan. It. I've used it in the past. Mm -hmm. Yeah, huge fan. Love the UI. I think it's very clean. Their execution side is great. But they have their own KuCoin shares, and I love the idea that they basically rev share previous days fees with holders based off mm -hmm. of like their a percentage. I really like that model. It's sustainable to me. I'm a huge fan of like sustainable tokenomics. And so what I did was I looked at their model in KuCoin. They have a thing where, and like I'm, I'm planning out like how am I retiring off and figuring out one of these things, right? <laughs> right. That's, what I'm, that's yeah. what I'm doing. I'm trying to figure out the system. And for KuCoin, if you have over 40,000 KuCoin, you can actually have a negative fee for a, uh, a maker um, on their market. So like really? if you, yeah, if you're a maker, you get back like it's like 0.05% or 0.5%. It's real low. So like you have to, it's all about, it's a volume game at that point. If you have over mm -hmm. 40,000 KuCoin, it's a volume game. And I was like, all right, 40,000 KuCoin right now. KuCoin was like a dollar, dollars and change. I'm like, fuck it. I've got 70 some thousand dollars. I'm buying, you know, 40,000 KuCoin shares. And then what else am I going to trade? And then I was like, well, I like KuCoin. I'm buying a lot of KuCoin. Yeah. KuCoin, was, KuCoin was up to $20 back in 2017. I think if it catches on again the same way that it did back in 2017, it could go to $20 or more. It's at a dollar. I'm just going to buy everything of KuCoin. I mean, I, I know it goes against well, <laughs> diverse, yeah, diverse, yeah. diversifying and all that shit. But like... You're playing the long I, I would, game. Yeah, playing the long game. And I said to my wife, I was like, I'm buying, you know, it was, it, it ended up being like 78,400, I think was the exact amount of KuCoin that I bought. Um, and I told her, I'm, I'm not selling this until it's $20. $20 is my sell point. And she's like, okay. And so like week after, two weeks after, it's seven bucks. And I'm like, fuck. Like, <laughs> that, that's incredible. <laughs> that's, that's too quick. Uh, it's probably yeah. going to dip. Uh, let, me, let me cut half my profit. I think these other three coins, I don't remember which ones they were, are going to moon quicker. Let me just move some money there, take some money off the table. And then two coins at $13. And I'm like, fuck, like it, it, can't, <laughs> it can't go. Can't keep it can't, doing this. It can't keep doing this. It can't Sounds go like to 20. Crack, man. Yeah. It, it can't go to 20 yet. It's, it's not ready for it. Like it's got some time or whatever. Sell out of everything. Again, not holding. Um, right. made, mm. made, a, made a nice coin off of it. And fucking like, I don't even know. I don't even know if it was 24 hours or whatnot after. Hit $21. And my wife's oh, like, damn. yeah. My wife's like, you're an idiot. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I know I'm an idiot. We've established this. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just crazy. And so, like, that's just fascinating me with the space and, like, the, the potential that exists within it. You know what I mean? Like, it, that, I know that's a very simple example. And not everything went 20x, you know, around that same time. Right. It really was kind of like pure luck. But it's also being in the space, watching the things, using the tools, but, you know, investing in the tools. I think that's going to be the same thing when you extrapolate it for NFTs. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it kind of works out the same way, but like that, that for me was kind of early 2021. And then uh, the, the, the discord that I told you about that was doing stocks, they had gotten into, they got into crypto two years after. So that was like 2019, uh, 2018, 2019 timeframe after the bull run had happened. And then they decided they were going to start up crypto. Um, <laughs> they actually had created like a, a NFT um, uh, hedge fund type thing, if you will, or, they, or, right, yeah. or investment, whatever, legal investment company or whatever. So mm -hmm. uh, I threw some ETH at that. They were flipping punks from like 
12 ETH to 13 ETH, and they were making like, wow. you know, one ETH, one ETH off of each of these punks. That's crazy. And, and, and I remember the one day they were up to eight punks in the, in the portfolio. And um, like literally the next day, all eight of them sold and the floor price just ran crazy. And so like, Damn. you know, they, they, they cashed out of like their eight ETH profit or whatever. And then they, they, they couldn't afford to buy like another one. <laughs> like, <it was> just, <laughs> like, Life comes at you fast. Yeah, talk about yeah. a twist. Yeah. And so, and so, and so I was like, all right, there's something to this NFT thing. Uh, you know, yeah, I, I, oh my I'm, gosh. I'm friends with a lot of people that were in like the crypto space, primarily like in the BSC shitcoin side and also in the ETH side, but like solidity. Um, so like, let's BSC, try and man. see. Yeah. BSC killed me last cool. year. I should, me- I should mention that I lost like 300 grand off of doing BSC bullshit too. So like, it's not all happy roses for like it's my whole scary trading place. Through- journey last year yeah bsc was the worst thing that i could have gotten into like pancake swap destroyed me oh, yeah. <laughs> pancake pancake bunny instantly liquidated like 100k from me so like oh, <laughs> yeah, Sorry, yeah, yeah that yeah. sucks it no, just sucks yeah i mean it, it it's all learning lessons right diversify you know make sure you have a, a, a decent risk tolerance like my risk tolerance is literally fucking zero so like yeah <laughs> like it, 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 it's gonna happen if i'm gonna throw 100k at something that says it's gonna give me 300 percent apy i deserve to get zero at the end um <laughs> <laughs> like you know what i'm saying yeah. but um but yeah, so then we, we just, we got together, me and, and two other guys, like we've been friends with, you know, the one guy primarily is heavy on like the dev side. Um, he was dealing with Solidity. The other guy deals with like the art piece um, as a UI UX person and front end. And, uh, you know, we kind of just merged forces, like I'm more business heavy, you know, investor in the space, kind of understanding like how the things kind of work. And, you know, we just drive really well. We actually were going to launch Foxes on Ethereum. We started hmm. marketing that uh. way. Yeah. Yeah. We started marketing that way. I think if you actually look at our Twitter account and you spend 5,000 hours to scroll back to like original tweets, um, they, they still have things that are ETH based in there. Um, and actually, if you, I know that. Yeah, yeah, if you look at like some of our announcements and things, it talks about like how we were planning on, on, uh, donating, I think it was 1200 ETH at the time from our mint proceeds, uh, based off of what we'd earned from, from our mint uh to charities and and we didn't i mean we, we switched to soul we actually ended up donating 800 solana which at the time was like 125 grand um yeah. but that was just kind of like our pivot and we switched mid mid september which you know for most projects would be like suicide at least at the time because not everybody was just creating a 10,000 person community to mint out an 8,000 piece collection in 30 seconds totally. um but uh but yeah we, we switched to solana and and you know, we've built an amazing community and, you know, yeah. we're constant, constantly just grinding out or grinding out our utilities, um, just really making a difference and kind of setting a higher bar for the space. Because, I mean, I, I think that's very important, um, you know, yeah. for, for what, what we're in and just how competitive it is, how low cost barrier to entry it is. Um, you know, like you guys said, I mean, it's all about the creativity side and what you can provide from like a value standpoint. But at the same day, it's definitely like, one of those things where everybody is going to want to get in it if they see how much like potential there really is. And, um, you know, it just floods the market and then it becomes a thing with rugs and soft rugs and hard rugs and, you know, people promising things that they can't do and and paying for services that they should be doing themselves. And eventually people kind of catching on to it. And, you know, it's just, it's just such a crazy, crazy environment. And I love the speed and, you know, 
every day is five years and whatever. And it's just, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. That's big one, one thing about your, the famous foxes that I think stands out above, I would say probably every other project is how the volume of tools you guys have created. I'm assuming that wouldn't be possible if you didn't make the switch to Solana. Actually, I, I know it's not possible. The, mm-hmm. the, the pure volume of stuff you created, what made you want to make the switch from ETH to Solana? What was the kind of the catalyst for that? Primarily, primarily that, primarily the utility side and, and community. And, and really we made the project be, and, and from our mission from day one, donate a portion of our proceeds to charities, like give to others that, that are less fortunate because we think that that's important, but we really wanted to create a difference for what people are, are using in the space. Um, and so like, you know, we wanted to make tools. We wanted to make things that people could use because everyone's just making a PFP project. And like, yeah. That's, yeah. that's cool until it's not. And we're on, I mean, looking at the chain, okay, I can do an ETH thing and everything I touch is going to cost me, I don't know, 10 to a hundred to $300 for gas. For or, I can, yeah. or I can do a Solana thing and it costs me pennies at best, if not a fraction of a penny. Like there is no competition between the two of those as to what you you end up getting from like a, a creative freedom for what you can build. Like it right. makes yeah. it makes the world massive in being able to actually create utility and like you know value in the space because I think that's going to create you know I'm not going to say a rift but that's going to it's really going to open the eyes of folks that are are ETH heavy in what developers are creating in Solana. And how much cheaper it is <laughs> to, to get in right. on those totally. projects? Here, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and, and and you know I think that that's going to make a, a sizable difference in the Solana ecosystem, and I I don't think it's going to come at a sizable cost in the ETH system. Right. Yeah, I agree completely. Uh huh. And cool. um, so I actually want to take it back real quick because sure. you said earlier that if someone had told you six months ago, like that famous fox would be at the point that it is now, you'd call him like effing crazy like you're a maniac um was there a point in time as this transition from just another project to starting to like turn into what you guys are today where you and the team had like a moment of oh my gosh like are we in over our heads like did that ever happen to you or were you guys always prepared to deliver the next thing because if there's one thing in this space that teams need to be ready for it's to deliver a next thing because people get bored and their dopamine receptors get like desperate for the next big thing. So as the team started to develop that, did you guys ever freak out or what was your response to when you started to realize how big famous Fox was becoming? You know, we, we, there have been freak outs within the team. I think the good part is that our team is, is very diverse in the way we kind of see the system as a whole um right we're not all looking at nfts as the same thing we all look at them as kind of different we talk about it amongst each other and we we leverage positive points and and try to rationalize like i won't say negative points but like other things where it's kind of just like why is a project doing this and why are people buying into that it doesn't make any sense it's not sustainable like Mm -hmm. how can how can we best them <laughs> you know like right. yeah yeah i mean it's a competition out here yeah of course it is of course it is for sure it, 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 and that's and that's good it should be a competition like i think competition should be welcome because that's how innovation really kind of takes off and grows and like that's what's going to make the space better 
Um, if there was no competition, like we'd all be driving the same car, we'd all live in the same house, like we'd all be making the same money, like we'd all be doing the same thing. And like, that's not how it works. Like the world is a doggy dog world out there. And the more people like accept it and, and understand it and start, you know, feeding into the system, the better off they're going to be. Not everyone wants to do that. That's fine. And that's just how, like, that's just the system as a whole. Um, but for us, I mean, like there, there were low points. December for us was fairly a low point. I mean, Solana came off of, you know, its highest price and was dipping and, you know, our floor price was dropping too. And people were like, you know, not that they were like bailing on foxes, but you know, the whole ecosystem wasn't happy. I mean, people were like, all right, Solana's going to zero dollars and, you know, <laughs> yeah. all, all this kind of stuff. And like, you know, it's, it's interesting how people's like perspective about like that period of time, um, you know, really kind of feeds into the space because, you know, people, I mean, people are losing money, right? They're watching their Solana balance or their NFT value in Solana go down while that value is going down. So people, you know, panic. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's a, it's a mental game. Trading is a mental game. I'm, I, I know you guys know that, and I'm sure your community knows that. And, and NFTs are no exception, if not worse, because sometimes if you're in an NFT collection that all of a sudden goes fairly illiquid, your option is to sell at much lower than you want or you're comfortable with, or holding through the pain. And so, for, yeah, yeah. And, 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 De and December was that way for us. I think the one thing that benefited Foxes was just the fact that we have a utility token and we have all these badass utilities. Kick-ass that apps. That's yeah. true. Yeah, that we're, we're basically a hedge against the volatility that exists from, you know, Solana and the ecosystem because our tools aren't taking Solana on top of our fees. All of our fees for our tools are Foxy or 0% if you have staked Foxes. That, that's, that's been our vision. That will be our vision. Like, as long as you own a Fox, whatever we make is either going to be free or cheap for Foxy or, or, awesome. or cost Foxy. And, and that's, that's just the way that we look at our project. And it will make it very difficult for other projects to keep up with that because other, I mean, most projects are reliant on some level of income to sustain themselves for the long run, but that's because like their value prop might be tied to like one specific thing. And, and it can be very challenging to make that one specific thing very good, especially if other people out there can make it better and cheaper. And, and I think that will be kind of a challenging thing to, to keep up with. But I think, again, from the innovation side and the creativity element, like, I think that will bring good new utilities that are more than just a staking token, passive income, and whatever, like the immediate first burn is that they can create for their token to try and drive demand for it. Um, yeah. So like, there have certainly been dark times for us. And there have been times where you know, like right after mint, we, you know, our mint was a 48 hour mint. We minted half up front for, and it stuck there. We minted like 3,200 out of 7,777. Our mint price was two Solana and it sat there forever. And we're like, what do we do? And, and we pivoted. We, we airdropped one additional Fox to all the people that had already minted. We cut the price in half to one Solana and we opened the mint back up for the last 1300. And it took like six or seven hours before we went on this. I mean, we went on a marketing campaign, but it took like six or seven hours before, you know, I think it was like a specific influencer that was like, Hey, Fox has responded this way. Like I'm buying foxes. And then boom, we sold out in five minutes. And nice. so then, and, and yeah. because of that, like that created some FOMO and our floor price in like three days went to 13 soul. And we're like, wow, like, I didn't know like, that happened so fast. 
yeah and and, and we're like fuck we're like well you know that's a lot to live up to like we literally totally. just came out we don't have staking yet staking didn't even exist uh, technically yeah, right we you know we don't really have a token we we created a DAO in the form of like you know some discord channels and verification bot was great we were using uh i think it was a rarity sniper or whatever for our rarity which we, we contacted you know how rare is we're like how, how can we build up to this value and then FUD happened, whatever, and, and our floor price got destroyed, but it never discouraged us from building. And, and you know, we, we got staking launched and going like November 10th, November 11th. Um, you know, we had our token out then. We started FoxySwap to do, you know, peer-to-peer -peer swapping. We started Ding to do messaging via NFTs. And, and we just kind of built out our utilities from there. And, um, you know, really until like recently, like our, our, our marketing side, you know, we try different things that, that nothing really seemed to catch on and until it does, you know, and, and so it's like, you know, it's taken us, you know, I'll say four years NFT time to be, become, you know, an overnight success, <laughs> but, yeah. but, but realistically, I mean, you know, we put in, we put in a lot of time and a lot of people that are like, oh, you know, foxes are pumping out of nowhere and people are like, oh, you know, when did you guys admit? And I say, Oh, we yeah. missed it October 1st. And they're like, wait, what? <laughs> like, no, nah, October isn't in for a few more months. Like, when did you miss? <laughs> <laughs> totally. No, yeah, I mean, you guys are an OG in this space, definitely. And I think people forget about that just because of kind of how in the shadows the whole project was for a while. But yeah. that's not the case yeah. anymore. You guys came alive these past few weeks. Well-deserved, too. So, well, like, congrats to you for sure. I, no, I, I think the question I keep having in my mind you talking about being able to bounce back every it sounds like everything you just said kind of sums down that you guys had have great decision making based on what is thrown at you how much are you are you looking at other projects it sounds like you've you've kind of just decided your lane put your head down and run through it and that's that's where a lot of your guys' success comes from by building incredible things having a rock solid community uh, and that's what you do and you do it extremely well are you are you spending any amount of time kind of looking left and right to see what the competition or the other people in the space are doing or or are you really just um deciding hey this is what we're going to do and we're going to do it to this level of excellence how, how do you navigate kind of that that side of thinking i, th I think you have to 100 uh, percent. and that and that's where like earlier when i was saying that like you know us as from like the core team side we're looking at nfts differently you know all over the space and and i'd even go a step further that i i i personally offer strategic advice to either projects or others in the space such as exchanges of telling them like hey you know by the way, you guys would be more successful if you do this. And yeah. that's so and, valuable and when you have experience like you have, that's so valuable. It's extremely valuable. And you know what pisses me off when they say, Oh no, we're not going to do that because of <laughs> X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And then, and then like, I literally want to say like, and I, and I literally sent this to someone, I, I won't disclose anything just because I, I, I feel like it's going to be a big thing for them. If they listen to me, totally. um, I was like, can can you put me in contact with your CEO or whoever is really responsible for making these kinds of decisions? It's it's nice for you to say no, we're not going to do that. I yeah. don't think the person at the highest level would agree with you if they if they took 15, 30 minutes and just would hear me out because I think the important thing for anyone that's in the space is is there's so much competition, there's so much potential out there like 
a small fix on a project can can literally take it from zero to a hundred yeah. and 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 vice versa it, it can take it from a hundred to zero at the same time um you have to be very tactile with decisions you have to be very quick with decisions um you know i'm i'm a very big person for board games and for escape rooms and like i said like ruby's cube like i'm a big puzzle guy like i'm i'm big on problem solving i think you need to have that 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 perspective of okay if i do this then this if i do that then that if i do you know what i mean like you you map these out but you have to look at it from the other side you have to look at it from the community side if i were a community member that owned a fox and this is what meant like the the, uh, the leadership of that project said to me would i immediately sell and fuck off to a different discord or would i <laughs> double down and buy a second or five foxes because I know that that response resonates with me. And I know that if that's their level of, of commitment to this project and their level of like response to like whatever the situation is, I know they can handle anything that's, that's thrown at them, you know, at least for the not so distant future. Um, and, and that's only going to kind of pump them harder. Yeah. yeah. And that's you incredible. need to have a certain amount of resilience. And that's what you guys seem to have is like the ability to bounce back from swings or from from punches or from like other nft projects coming out with something totally new like you guys gotta maybe implement something uh, or sure. do something that gets you back into the spotlight or into where you deserve and i feel like in the space especially that's where a lot of projects go to die is like their ability to be resilient it either makes makes the project or breaks the project because i've seen so many times I, I won't like name anything but like a project will come out with one idea or like this one thing that they have going for them and then once that thing either happens and it's kind of like faded away or like right off the get-go everyone just isn't about it like they don't buy in and then the team it, it, it's almost like they fumble the back and they don't know what else to do and they don't have that open mind to look to what other projects are doing or to kind of critically think about what could be the best step moving forward for the project. And I think that lack of resiliency is what will uh, take a lot of projects to zero. And like those who happen to have the resiliency, it, it can totally turn them into a blue chip just by their ability to adapt to the ever-changing market because it, it moves faster than any person could. Yeah, it does. And it's, you know, it's interesting you say that because like, the same is the case for everything else around it. Like, you know, not that I'm going to go into a whole deep conversation about it, but like taxes and people being worried about reporting or not reporting correctly and whatever yeah. they want to do. I mean, because we're U.S. based, like, honestly, the, the statute of limitations is three years for it. If you try your hardest and you put down, you know, what you think you owe, if it's a reasonable number and, and it's defensible to some degree, they're just going to say, thank you for paying your check. Like, good luck next year, you know, and then once three years are out, like if you miss, you know, things here or there or whatever, like it is what it is. But like, it's impossible. It is 100% impossible for the government to, to think that like they can track all of these people and money and wallets and all these things. There's no way in hell you can do it right. at the highest level. You can do it from exchanges from an individual standpoint. Like there's absolutely no way like they can't develop a system. It's against the idea of decentralization and crypto. Like right. that's just how it works. Yeah, um, it's almost too strong. Like the government, no human mind could wrap around all the insane 
calculations and transactions that take place on a daily basis. Are you for yeah. that? Like, do you like the fact that this is getting out of the people's hands and is almost turning into like the complete decentralized blockchain where it's kind of based on an algorithm and not based on somebody sitting at a desk deciding how much you owe? I or love you, it. You like it? I love it. Yeah. You think I, it's, I, it's just like, you, do you think it's inevitable that it's just going to keep happening and keep getting stronger? I mean, I feel yeah. like it is. Yeah. There's yeah. no way around it, right? Be because it a hundred percent. Yes. And, and the reason being is because I personally think the, the meaning of value is evolving. And I, and I think people that aren't looking at it from a macro level are, are silly because um, it's very easy, you know, w when you at least have like a, a lot of pieces to the puzzle, uh, like as an example, you know, art, like physical art, like what gives it value? Like literally, you know, you can get all of the same tools to, to replicate a thing and it costs you like, I don't know, let's say a thousand dollars it costs you in tools to paint, you know, the Mona Lisa or whatever. And mm -hmm. say you, you have the ability to paint the Mona Lisa, but you weren't the original artist. You didn't paint the Mona Lisa. So your Mona Lisa isn't worth what that Mona Lisa is. But but who's to determine that, right? Like, why why does it actually have value? So like, the same thing goes for data. Like my father doesn't want to put a password on his phone and is tired of putting in his password for his iCloud account. Like, yeah. just because he wants to use his phone, like he wants to use his phone, he just wants to go on Facebook. He just wants to go and look at yeah. memes or whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah. But like he, he doesn't have any value on info or, or, or on data. And, mm. you know, a company like Google didn't exist when he was born, didn't exist when he was, you know, my age. And, and all of a sudden it surpassed fucking every other company that's existed in this entire world almost combined. And it's because of things like that value changes, data becomes valuable. And, and for people to like, be like, like, tunnel vision into, you know, my value is my time and my time is worth X dollars per hour. And like, this is what I'm doing right. with that time. Like you, you shut yourself off from the rest of the world and like the other opportunities that are out there and what like you could be capable of if, you know, you spend a portion of your time and look into what's valuable, what's, what may be valuable in the future and trying to look at it. So like, I think that's, I think that's like a huge like shift in the way that the world is going to work is that different things become valuable, like mm -hmm. rare metals, you know, rare metals right now are more so valuable for making chips <laughs> for yeah. computers and Bitcoin yeah. miners and whatever, you know what I mean? That are, that are creating more value for the space and like they become sparse, you know, because of supply chain issues and what have you. And like, that's a whole different you know conversation, but like, that just changes the way that like another thing is valued. And, and, you know, it's really a long way of me saying that I think the decentralization model works. I think there are imperfections such as like, um, like, you know, not to like call it something different, but like death planning, right? Like if someone has a, a, a hard drive, right. That's got your Bitcoin wallets on it and it's got, yeah. you know, half a billion dollars and all of a sudden you get hit by a bus, like, what does the next person do if they don't have the, 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 the passwords in your brain or whatever? Like you have to, you have to be smart about that because no one else really can do much with it. And, and, and if they can, then, then you're not protected enough and you should up your protection game. Exactly. Um, you know, so like 
it's just different things like that. I think the decentralization thing makes it, you know, it, it gives a lot of people freedom. I think ultimately, I mean, when you look at the entire world, I think that's what people ultimately want. You know, there's a lot of countries where people don't have the opportunity. I think, you know, cryptocurrency and Web3 really kind of levels the playing field for how much, you know, people's time is actually worth. And, uh, you know, you, you really can just start dissecting like the whole thing apart. But like, you know, the one thing that I think is, is pretty fucking cool, if you think about it, you know, 20, 30, let's call it even further than that, like 40 years ago, you know, if someone had a million dollars and they didn't want someone else to know about it and they wanted to like move to another country, like you'd have to have a duffel bag full of cash that you go through an airport with. And like, obviously that's going to throw off red flags or you have some private jet or whatever that can get you from place A to place B. Now you can have a flash drive that's got billions of dollars on it and, and literally throw it through, you know, airport security scanner, jump on your flight, go to wherever and, 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 and no one's the wiser. So like that to me is amazing. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. It, it not just, it scales up the freedom we have, right? hundred percent. I think that's what the digitalization does. I feel like that example, 40 years ago, we're 100% two feet in the physical, right? The last, over the last 40 years, we've kind of done one foot in one foot out where we have a digital identity and we have a physical identity at the same time, but we can't really go fully digital. And I, what gets me excited about NFTs is you kind of hit on it a little bit uh, earlier is that NFTs gives us the, the ability to have the, a big piece of what we were missing, which was ownership, but digital. Right. And so yep. now we're able to, we're at the tip of the iceberg. Right. But kind of start to have both feet in the digital. And I can't, it's hard to imagine what that is going to equate to in the next 40 years. Do you have any out the box wild, uh, this is, this would be insane, but I think it could happen ideas about what that could look like. About, about what's, what specifically, what do you about, mean? About uh, just the idea of us, having the majority of our lives in digital ownership as opposed to physical ownership? You know, that that's a very interesting question. I think, I think that personally, it's a hard one. I know I, it, it was, a, yeah, it was like, no, a, 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 it's, a, a, it's a really loaded question. Cause like, so, so part of me and I'll, and I'll talk out like a little bit of my reasoning and maybe it just gets me going on a rant, which is perfectly fine too, I guess, until you guys tell me to shut up. Um, <laughs> no, we're here for it. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> but like, but like, like again, talking about my parents and like the day and age that they grew up, you know, they grew up in not the best times, you know, especially like, or even my grandparents, you know, where like the great depression existed and people didn't have things. So like once they were able to kind of make a life for themselves and things turned around, like they just wanted to own more things and stuff. And like that became more valuable than owning cash. And, yeah. and you know, like, like I, I asked my grandmother, like, okay, you know, what kind of investments do you have? And she's like, well, most of my money is in cash because this one time back in 1957 <laughs> or whatever, like your grandfather was, you know, in, investing in a company called Cisco and, <laughs> and, and they, and they rugged. Yeah. And so, yeah. he, you know, so he lost $40,000 on his investment. And so mm -hmm. I don't want to touch anything. That's an investment. And I'm like, fuck me. Because if you just take, you know, one tenth of whatever money you've had over the past, you know, 90 years and invest it in the S and P like, you know, 
you know, yep. fire or whatever, like mm-hmm. you'd be set, you know what I mean? Like you'd be able to give your family so much more. And then like my parents were like, Oh, okay. You know, grandma has X hundreds of thousands of dollars. She's rich. I'm like, like, no, no, she's, <laughs> no, she's not, yeah, like, right. you know, like, I, I mean, it's just so interesting, like how the mindset, you know, between people changes based off of like what their life experience has been and like how in touch or out of touch they've been with reality. Hmm. And, and so like thinking about it from that angle, I mean, does it make sense that ultimately, you know, down the line in the future will be majority digital ownership of things? Maybe, maybe, but, 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 but we're all people, right? We all have basic, absolute basic necessity needs. And, and we, we have like different places that service those needs, you know, if it's food, if it's clothes, if it's whatever, if it's cars, if it's houses, if it's where you want to live, like you, there, those are, will always exist, right? We always need that. You can never, I mean, you know, I don't think we'll ever become like robots that become sentient and all that kind of shit. Like, I think like I don't know. That's a whole. Thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that could, that could be another twenty minutes right there. That could, like, yeah, that could be like yeah, like or hour. twenty hours, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But but yeah, I mean, is it is it possible? Maybe. I mean, to to what degree? I mean, you know, the other part of it is you have to think about like the security side of things. And and once it's digital, I mean, if you look at some of the hacks that happened recently, I mean, I'm sure people got destroyed out of their finances. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a $600 million hack, I mean, that's a fucking lot. And, and you know, like, it's it's very unfortunate. You know, it's one of those things where it's like diversify, you know, because I'm sure, you know, there's people, I mean, if there's that much money in it, I'm sure it's not all diversified, mm-hmm. um, you know, and people lose their life savings. But that can happen at any point in time in a digital world. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. hedging that sum by owning physical assets is a good thing. But again, you have to look at like cash flow and you have to look at like, is it a positive, uh, you know, cash flow asset? Is it negative? You know, does it make sense to have a whole fleet of fucking cars or should you buy all this real estate and then use like cash flow from that to buy a nice car or something? You know what I mean? So then, then you're hedging like that market too. So like there, there's so many angles to it. You're, you know, you can never get away from owning physical things. I don't think that'll ever be a possibility, but without a doubt, yeah. You know, w- will majority things be digital in an ownership perspective? I don't know. Maybe. I, I don't know if that would be pretty cool. I, I think it'd be kind of depressing. I'm definitely still like yeah. a very physical person myself. Like I've got, you know, not all of my NFTs, but a good portion of them printed out on canvas prints, and they're that's pretty cool. dope. Nice. Um, yeah, that's really cool. And, and my wife got me this pretty dope neon sign of uh, the general Fox that that's hanging up in my, in my room at home. Right on. That's, that's your that's PFP, awesome. right? Isn't it? it? Is my, yeah. Well, no, my, my PFP, it doesn't, it's not the neon sign, but yeah, it, that's, that's the general Fox. And I, mm-hmm. uh, on, on Twitter, at least I had switched up the background, uh, you know, to kind of support Ukraine. Cause I think that's really fucked up. And so like, if it's little things yeah. like that, you know, yeah. like I'm, I'm capable of doing it. And it, it honestly is like literally the least I can do. And, and if it spreads, you know, some level of awareness or at least kind of shows my support, you know, for them, I mean, I'm, I'm going to do it. It doesn't take me long to do something like that. And super cool. Yeah. 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 I, it, it's like uh, it, everything's a risk. And with that comes a reward. And I feel like 
my reference for what this space has been so far since I've been in it. And that's been since about September or October, I think. I can't remember exactly, but I'm fairly new. But I keep referencing the NFT space as a whole as like the Wild West. And honestly, that's kind of what it feels like right now because of the crazy risk that is involved. But also with that risk comes a crazy reward potential. Um, so it, it's all about, it, it kind of is a gamble uh, at this day and age where you can get rugged by simply clicking on a link that you weren't supposed to click on and by accepting a DM by somebody and thinking it was legit when it wasn't. Um, but there's also crazy rewards happening every single day. Like for example, if someone happened to own uh, five foxes or 10 or 20 foxes from when you guys were at your low versus right now, and then also in versus like a couple months from now, like who knows? Um, that It kind of depends on where the wind blows, but based on like where your head's at and based on where the team's at, it it, it pays off to have like those hodl and conviction plays that you were talking about earlier. Um, and I, I just think it's a crazy awesome part about the space, but I actually yeah, owned – oh, no, sorry. You go ahead, man. No, and I was going to say, I mean, the one thing too that like not a lot of people really like extrapolate on is – is like foxes as an example, right? So, right. you know, a lot of other products that came out at the time were like passive income and this, that, and the other thing. And we, mm-hmm. we knew from, from the very beginning that that wasn't going to be a sustainable model for anyone that's just offering like rev share. Yeah. Um, so like for our project, like we took pride in like building out the way we were building out. But if you, if you just to kind of put it into your perspective, right? Mint time came and it was two soul per fox. So mm-hmm. let's say you wanted to throw 20 soul at it, which at the time was uh, like 150, $160, three grand, right? You're putting three grand in the foxes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you would have gotten another fox. So now you've got 20 foxes and you would have gotten, if you just hold old, yep. you would have gotten 20 TFFs for free. Yeah. Those boys are sick and, too. Yeah. And you, and you stake all 40 of them when our, when our Dens mint came out, it, you could have minted probably 15 to 20 ish dens, maybe wow. even more, depending on how you were going about it. And, and at any point in time, you could have sold whatever you wanted to, to kind of recoup your initial 20 soul buy in. And, and now if you look at the pricing dens, I think are 3.6. So that's, wow. that's like what 70 Solana right there for dens. TFFs are five a piece. That's another hundred. Those are up to five. Wow. Yeah. Nice. You guys are just cooking right now, man. And 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 that's your free value, right? Because you bought the twenty foxes up front. Yeah. You just made you made one hundred and seventy Solana in six months off of a twenty Solana buy-in, and that that doesn't offer passive. Well, we don't explicitly call it passive income, and we're not rev sharing. Yeah. So what? It it all makes (laughs) sense with that, man. I. Yeah, just do that, everybody. Hey, for all the average traders out there, just do exactly what he just said, and you're going to be fine. Uh, Hindsight's a hoe, bro. Well, of course, of course. But like that, (laughs) when when people look at like what does what's the value from a project, or if they're staking their foxes and they're earning 100 foxy per day, they're only getting like a dollar or 50 cents or whatever it is per day. Like, yes, because it's not a passive income play. There's a, a flux of coins coming in every day. That's not, I mean, th- the coin itself isn't the value for what we have. It's the utility side. It's what we're giving back to the community. Using our token market, it's literally a 0% fee if you have a staked fox. Yeah. If you want to make a soul, 
you do 10 trades at, at 0.1 sole profit per, like that's all you have to do. You're, you, you know, you're, there's zero fee. The fee is sole gas. So, you know, do, do 20 trades at 0.05, like yeah. however, however you want to go about it. Like I think our token market has created so much opportunity for people between the whitelist grind and for mm -hmm. people that want to go and, and arb tokens. Like you can do that and you yeah. can make solid coin off of it. And it literally costs you nothing. If you own a Fox, like, it's crazy. It, even a it's transdimensional awesome. fox, it's still a zero percent fee. You know, we, we give that for a famous fox and transdimensional foxes. So it's five soul for a transdimensional fox, zero percent fees in our token market. Go nuts. If you want to, if you want value, yeah. you have to work you have to work for it. Or if you want to just hold our collection, mm -hmm. we'll build cool shit out and you'll get more value from it in the long run. I mean, that's that's like our project at its core when people really extrapolate the value we've already created within six months. Like that's where we're at. Yeah. And, 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 you know, it's amazing to think about it. Like again, hindsight, of course, is 2020, but, yeah. but, re but really, I mean, that's, that's our project. That's what the foxes are. That's what we've done so far. And we're only six months in. You guys are um, builders, man. You guys are definitely builders. And there was help. delayed gratification for your holders, man. Like, and it yeah. paid off and your whole token and the utility behind it is incredible. And from the outside looking in, it was almost a little confusing, um, especially when I first started looking at you guys, uh, because I was on that passive income hype where I was like, yeah, dude, free money, put it in my pocket. Like, I don't <laughs> have to do so anything. Tough. I Talk love this. Tough. I'm going to retire by 30 just off my passive income, yeah. which is not sustainable, like you said. And I, I think it's starting to, it, it, it comes in waves, but it's definitely not always going to be possible. Um, and so when I saw, uh, the Foxy token and, and how it was used from the outside looking in. I was like, well, that's stupid. I can't even make money off this. But no, you just explained it perfectly. The holders can make can make a good buck and they can also do so many different things with the utilities that you guys have offered because you're builders. And yeah. I think builders are going to make uh, the biggest splash they already have. And I think they will continue to do so, especially as we go into the open sea week this week. Like I think projects like you guys are the ones that have the best shot uh, benefiting from from the OpenSea integration and everything else that happens moving forward. Yeah, and, and one thing just to hit on real quick there, just because I think it's another important thing from like the utility side with our token, when you when you want to extrapolate from like the values perspective, yeah. um, people should value their time. I think I think everyone that exists in this world should have a value for their time and. And the reason being is that you have to figure out if it makes sense from an opportunity cost for literally almost everything you do. If yeah. it's if it's the extra hour of sleep you miss for a call or whatever, or if it's you know if it's if it's time you get to spend with your family versus something else, you know, like people have to have a value for time. If people want to to kind of like call me, like waste my time on different things, like there's a certain point where I get to where I just stop talking to you because it mm -hmm. just seems like it just seems like you're wasting my time i have other things that i have to do so like i i can't afford to lose more of my time because i don't understand what you're doing what you're trying to do your angle or whatever um everyone should have a value for their time and the reason i say that is because the utilities that we do or that we create it's meant to say either save you time or save you from getting scammed and and that's the important thing. Like our Foxy sweep is an aggregator right now, just between Magic Eden and Solonart. Um, you can go in, grab whatever collection you want to buy, 
and sweep them and it's going to go to wherever that's at out in the space pick up all those nfts and dump them in your wallet the time it would cost you to like go to that marketplace click on buy click on the thing approve the transaction go to the next one click on buy you know what i mean like yeah it's 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 you're saving time and like for some people their time is worth a lot of money whales that are in the space that have you know millions if not hundreds of millions of dollars they don't want to spend a half hour sweeping a floor of a collection to buy a hundred of them or 200 of them or whatever they're just going to go use a tool hey it costs me five dollars and i just saved myself a half hour or an hour like fuck yeah let's do this like this is legit let me do this all the time and that's what creates the value for whatever that thing is and then that's I mean, most of what our utilities are all about yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I do have a question about one of your utilities specifically. Uh, yeah. And I want to I want to throw kind of sneak this question in and get your take on it. Uh, whitelists have been the kind of talk of the last, I'd say, three weeks specifically, right? Whether they're three good weeks. Or, it's, yeah, I was going to say yeah, it's been a little okay, bit longer sorry, than three weeks, I right? Mean, I mean, how I healthy whitelists are. I do know time moves fast are. in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> how, how the health but of whitelists and, and how good they are for the space specifically, oh, right? True, right. And what people would contribute to the whitelist quote-unquote meta that's been happening a lot is uh, your token market, which kind of just say on its core, isn't it one, an incredible product, two, the interface, user interface is beautiful uh, and so clean, but that's what's been fueling a lot of this of this. Um, meta, right, of of whitelists and, and tokens after Candy Machine V2 came out. What mm-hmm. What is yeah, your take on that? You guys? They, people flooded Famous Fox for having the whitelist token. How's that affected what you think? What do you think of it? I, I kind of want to get your take on it really quick. And if, if you're like, nah, I don't want to talk about it, totally understand too. No, I, I'd, I'd love to talk about it. I mean, honestly, like, like we'll, we'll talk about a few different things here because I think I think it's important to talk out like some of the more like strategic side too with with owning and running the token market. Um, so starting off from 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 the ground up, I mean the utility side, like you said, uh, you know, there there have been and first off, really it's it, it the token market existed because I think it was Soul Big Brain had sent a tweet out that said, hey, does anybody own? uh like x token you know for this mint like i'm trying to buy some by the way you know it'd be real nice if there was an easy way to do this um yeah boom 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 uh i i want to say 48 hours later like up and running hey wow. soul big brain <laughs> hey soul big brain via dms uh by the way we created this token market um you know no response but then like eventually like hey this is pretty cool by the way do you have this token and i'm like well you can pop onto our token market and search not that i not that i want to be like yeah we have it or no we don't have it but like check out our tool you know what i mean like it exists definitely it's kind of cool yeah Yeah, it's dope um you know we've gotten like a little bit of volume on it like you know there's there seems to be some kind of a need and then um you know all of a sudden like tweet pops out oh you know th- this token's on famous fox market boom fucking through the roof like just immediately wow. i think i think like first week um ten thousand soul worth of volume i think on Damn. our token market that's a um, lot <laughs> from, from nothing yeah from literally from literally nothing and so we're like shit like we've 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 made a thing like <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is pretty kind of cool yeah this yeah, is, yeah. is kind of cool so then, so then it kind of transpired into okay, like why why is this why is there such a demand for this, right? Let's kind of again like pick it apart by its pieces. Projects 
want to sell out, right? I think that I think that's probably one of the most important things. I think if a project doesn't sell out immediately or within a short period of time, based off of like what they're building or what they're developing, um, they either you know feel that they can't perform in the space or they shouldn't exist or whatever. But like you're fighting an uphill battle. Yeah, you're uphill fighting an uphill battle. What's what's a better way to grasp that demand for your project by having a token that is in demand prior to your mint coming out. Yes, depending on how crazy it gets, it can set very ridiculous expectations. There's no difference in that between that happening with a token before mint based off of hype or a mint post mint based off of hype. Totally. Like that, that's just going to happen. And, 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 you know, some people got mad at us because, you know, some people look at it as like, okay, we're taking away initial liquidity from projects. So like they're not getting those royalty percentages of the token sales prior to them minting. Part of that, part of that narrative then bleeds into, okay, if we were to offer royalties, which is very challenging to track by the way with tokens, um, if a project rugs, and, and they were mad hyped and they've already gotten X Solana from, from their royalties based off their token, then what? Yeah, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's, yeah, it's a great question. It's no different than a project rugging post mint. However, most of the liquidity would stay in the market versus yeah. being poured into an NFT. And at the end of the day, I mean, there are people that get, you know, worthless tokens, you know, to whatever <laughs> degree it is, but it's not going to be on the magnitude of an entire mint of a project you know, failing and, and, and selling, you know, all their NFTs immediately go from 10 soul floor to 0.01 or whatever. I hadn't even thought about that. That's a great take. Yeah. And so then, so then the next level is, okay, well, if, if that's kind of the case and now you're not going to owe, you're not going to put royalties for projects, can projects kind of opt out of having their tokens listed on your market? It's, it's an open market. Decentralization is a thing. Like we shouldn't be policing every single token that comes out. So it's, it's hard for us to say that X token or Y token shouldn't exist on the market because, and oh, by the way, the people that are buying your token are the people that want to mint your project. So do you think you're better off by selling a token to someone that wants to mint or sending your tokens out where no one can exchange them and maybe minting out? And, and, yeah. and that's kind of like the question that like I'd pose to some projects that are just like, we want royalties for our tokens before our project exists because we're creating this hype. And I've even said to some people, take every project that's, that, that's put their token on our marketplace, take the total volume that we have on there and divide it out to get an average of volume per project. You're lucky if you can break 250 Solana per project worth of volume, and let's take an average of 5% for royalties it could yeah. be even a little bit higher 12 and a half solana yes yeah, nothing in the scope of big projects are, are is that is that a make or break for 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 royalties or are you happier that you sold out of however many tokens that minted for your collection and you gained x amount of solana i mean if a project costs half a solana and you sold 25 tokens you made 12 and a half solana <laughs> yeah it's, it's it's nothing it really is nothing right it really is nothing and like that's the challenge that like I'd say to the market with people that want to get royalties for a token is like the royalties shouldn't be on the token. The, the, the hype model 
isn't fair for the space if people aren't going to build out what they're designing. And oh, by the way, if you have a good project and you build to it, your volume is going to be fantastic. Honey It'll be DeFi, there. Yeah, yeah, Honey DeFi, as an example, they have their tokens on our marketplace. I think they went for 1.5 soul each. Their floor went to 12 and a half. Their volume's yep. fantastic. Like, I bought I bought Honey DeFi on Token Market. Exactly right, and 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 I mean, you know, obviously you didn't create Honey DeFi, but do you feel slated that you paid for a token and then minted the project? I'm excited that I did it, right? Like I, I have a sense of accomplishment. You know what I mean? Yeah, but but that's also a thing, right? Where you couldn't, you wouldn't have been able to mint it, right? Totally, unless, totally. Unless you bought it from the token market, and exactly. so like you're you're looking at it from the angle of do I spend my time to try and grind that token? Do I just spend my time? somewhere else making money trading or what have you, and then buy the token and then, you know, kind of participate in it the same way. And it's, it's the same case for whales, for influencers, for whatever people again, value their time. So like, they're not going to go in to your discord and send them, send 50,000 messages and invite three of their friends and role play, whatever, and solve this <laughs> yeah. puzzle. You know what I mean? Like it's totally. just ridiculous, ridiculous to expect that from everyone in the space. And by the way, you're creating fatigue for those people that you really want in the space, fresh, ready to go all the time. So now what you're doing with a token market is you're creating opportunity for folks where their time isn't as valuable in their countries and they're jumping in and they're doing this whitelist meta. They're getting that whitelist token. Hopefully it's worth something and they're selling it on the token market. So now that's creating a job opportunity for people that have the time and, and then they're making solid money off of it. It's just like watching like Axie Infinity farms, you know, that exist in other countries because again, their time is 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 not as valuable as it is in the web three space. And it just creates a whole level of opportunity out there. And honestly, it, it, it's it's a great achievement for us when you look at our token market, 0% fees for foxes that are staked, 2% for everyone else. Every single transaction that takes place at minimum 98% of the liquidity stays in the actual degen space of people that are minting projects or going to get involved in projects in one way or another. That's it. We're not taking huge fees out on things. It's primarily focused for P2P swapping basically while yeah. also providing that security side to it. I think where where it really shines the light on what you said your mission was by saving people, by saving time, which is of value, right? Is in what you just said in your royalty makeup, you could have put a 10% royalty and it probably would have been accepted because you were the only large aggregator doing it, right? Yep. But it, it really leads to what you've been preaching this entire time of our goal, our mission is to create tools that are useful and save people time. So we're really just going to take an operational cost of what it what it costs us to run this press a, a little bit of margin and then and then let people use it. I think man it it really shows the the realness of of you your team what you guys are trying to make and it it makes me want to put my entire wallet into into famous foxes because of, <laughs> honestly it, it those are the things that people miss of that's the litmus test of if you're re if you're really real right when it, when you have the opportunity to make money of, of if you're going to make the quick money that doesn't create longevity in something or if you're going to create an application make it usable uh, and, and and kind of make it usable for a longer term rather than just that quick bag. Yeah. And, and the other thing too, that's worth mentioning is like,
from a competitive angle, like we're setting the bar very high. If someone totally. else wants to, wants to do better than us, good luck. Totally, and at 100%. The, yeah. And, and, and at the same time, like just to give you guys an idea, because I don't think a lot of people really appreciate like the level of, of, of service that we really provide for the token market. Every token that's on there that's verified is verified by a team member from that project to us wow. directly. That's crazy. And yeah. and 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 they they submit a Google form possibly, or they reach out via DMs because anyone can just jump into our Discord and my DMs are open. And they say, hey, I want to verify this token. And I say, cool. Send me a tweet. Uh, you know, you know, send me a DM from your main Twitter account that's associated with this, with yeah. the token name. And I go into their Discord and I make sure that they're on the team. And you know, verify that the the token address, the name, the Twitter link, the Discord link they give us, and post it up there. And it's verified across, you know, everything that we can verify it across. So there's no token that gets listed on there verified that isn't associated with the actual project. Yeah. Um, there are there are tokens that are going to be unverified that people are going to send you via DMs like, oh, they just released their token. It means <laughs> whatever. Yeah. And and we we have to kind of combat that because. Again, it's an open market. We can't just blacklist every token that's unverified because totally. that's not fair to projects that don't actually want to verify it. But we go to projects, we outreach, and we say, hey, you know, 30 people from your community <laughs> sent us a form to get your token listed on our token market. Are you interested? If you're not, that's fine. We'll leave it as is. If you are, you know, just provide us these details to verify you guys are like the legitimate owners for it. And we'll push it out there and, and we ask for expiration dates so that we can kind of at least unverify it then. And we've added in utility tokens, which have been huge. And, awesome. uh, and, and at least like recently with like the, the raffles that we're hosting, um, or I'm sorry, yeah, the raffles that we're hosting uh, this week for our, our Foxy, um, the products that we've pulled are primarily from our token market that we've bought with, you know, a portion of the fees that we're charging there. Um, essentially to give back to foxes if you own foxes you buy the raffle tickets with foxy you have your shot right now at winning i think it's like a hundred plus worth of soul worth of nfts um by owning foxes and, and buying raffle tickets I, I i don't know if we're sold out of tickets yet we had 2500 listed at, at 2000 foxy each and the last i looked we were down to 700 left so wow. um yeah it's just it's just another way where if you own foxes and you're staking them you buy raffle tickets, you could be lucky enough to win a, a 35 Solana, you know, Xantian Raptors or a, a 20 Solana a Geno Pets, you know, I mean, just to, or remnants yeah. that's like 16 or 17 soul um, by just buying raffle tickets and getting lucky. Very cool stuff, man. It sounds like Fox is really in good hands right now and you guys are building a lot of cool stuff. So um, it, it's just been awesome to, to hear about it and to get a little a little dive into to how Fox works and how you how you guys operate behind the scenes because that's always my biggest curiosity is how these NFT projects communicate and deliver and, and work and like what it actually looks like uh, behind once you open the curtains up. So I, I appreciate you like sharing that and being open with us. And I, I got one last question here, um, and it's for it's for the average listener, anybody who's just getting started in the space or just getting started trying to start a project um do you have any advice for anyone who's who's in that spot where they just downloaded the phantom wallet extension or they just hopped on discord for the first time and and they're trying to figure out how to turn this idea in their head into something that's an actual project that brings benefits to the space of course yeah um 
yeah, I'll, I'll offer a few pieces of advice uh, to, to start off with. And then I just want to touch on the project side, just like for one last piece based off of what you mentioned there. For sure. Uh, yeah. So, there was a little so, two-sided question. So yeah, absolutely. Oh, of course. So for, for starters, um, I'm a huge proponent of security in the space. Uh, always create a second phantom wallet that is a burner wallet. Um, don't fund it with much soul. You, you know, if a website asks you to connect, use that wallet. Don't use mm -hmm. your main wallet. Yep. Uh, pr purchase a ledger if you can. It only costs like 1.1 soul now for like a ledger uh, X. Um, and, and use that for, you know, like your larger transactions or a majority of your soul or whatever you want to do. But it just adds another physical level of security. And then for like, you know, DevNet funds are used for projects to create things. So if someone DMs you saying like, oh, I want to buy your NFT for DevNet funds and they offer you like a ridiculous price for it and they tell you how to switch over to DevNet, 100% a scam. So like those are like the main things to just like avoid at all costs or do for like good safety security practices. As much as yeah. I as as much as I say that, I get people DMing me all the time. Didn't listen to you. Yeah. you know, connect connected <laughs> it to the site. Yeah. Got got drained ten Solana. Can I do anything about it? Sorry. No. Answer <laughs> no. You can't. Sorry. For, fortunately for you, it was only a ten Solana. You know, lesson. People out there have lost a lot more. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah. if but if you want to get involved in the space, join communities. Join whatever resonates with you. Look at crypto Twitter look at projects, look at teams, jump in spaces, like try to, to try to take in as much knowledge and information as you can from the people that are in it. Um, you know, just, just, just watch what people are doing. If things seem to be hypey, pumpy, like not much thought behind it, kind of like off a whim type of things. And people are just like talking about floor prices. That's not really going to get you good information for like, how to really learn about the space and to like maybe get involved a little bit deeper. But if you're, if people are, are vibing with you, you know, trying to figure out like interests, what do you want to get into the space for? You know, there's so much out there. If you want to get into like creating lore, if you want to get into creating art or banners or, or NFTs or manage something, become a community mod. Like there's so many things out there that if, if you spend enough time in a community and you vibe with them, and you join in and you chat and you just figure out people like you can get so much value from that. Mm -hmm. So much sure. value. You, you don't have to start a project tomorrow. Like, yeah. yes, yes. Board apes are a hundred ETH each. Like, yes. You know, uh, DGen apes or Solana monkey business. They're like over 200 soul each. Yeah. Th th that's going to happen. It's going to exist. If you look at all of the projects in Solana, I'd venture to guess, most of them either have rugged or will rug and and you just have to kind of you know understand that from what the space is look at builders look at what the future really has in store try to be innovative like try to just find your niche for whatever clicks for you um the, the, the best thing someone can tell you is no um you know whether it's like hey you know can i get involved as a community mod you know and if they say no ask why or, or if they say no because and then you got your feedback do that thing you know for that project for another project if that's your goal to become a community mod figure out the things like just figure out what you want to get from the space and just go and do it um it's going to cost you your time if you feel like your time is valued in a better spot that's fine like you can easily just switch out 
Um, so you're more than welcome to do that too. And so like that, that's what I would say from people that are starting off from a project side, just so people have an understanding. It is a lot of time <laughs> and it's very, very demanding to run a successful project. For so, sure, yeah. you know, for, for a lot of people don't really think about it. Crypto is 24, seven, 365. Um, you've got, you know, only like one third of the world sleeping at any given moment. Um, so it's a very heavy demand from the space because someone is, is always up and then there's always going to be someone out there that's trying to beat you. And so it, it's either you understand that commitment and you want to get involved with it and you go balls deep or you, you see it, you envy it and you understand that and, and that's okay. And you can help support in other ways, get involved in other ways, provide value with something else outside of running a project, but it, it does take a lot of time to run a project. And I don't think a lot of people like really, really genuinely realize um, the level of commitment it takes for folks. And not every project makes a thousand dollars a week or whatever, you know what I mean? For your totally. efforts. Yeah. So, so like that's something to consider. Yes. High tier projects make decent money off of what they're doing. If they are properly managed and they run thin, or lean, then, then, you know, it's, it's a very good system. If they are mismanaged, it's only a matter of time until it falls apart. So those are like the key things that I would say really for anyone that's like new looking at the space and for like what people have kind of built and they've been involved with. Um, we're all people. So <laughs> the only thing I could really advocate for, you know, is to just be a little bit forgiving from a timing perspective, but yeah. I know what, I know what the demand is in the space. And like, there's only so much of that that's actually ever going to land. So that's uh that's my ending spiel. Drax, you are the man. I I think there's I would be blown away if there are many people with um more discipline and expertise just based on the length of time that you've been in the space. Uh thank you so much for your time, man. It it really I hope we've portrayed it, but it really means a lot to us and to the people who are listening. Absolutely. Um, just yeah. kind of just brain dumping all of this information, the things that you've learned, your perspective on things. It is so valuable. Um, I'm going to listen to this five times over. Uh, <laughs> honestly, um, it, this is your, this is the, the hot ones at the end of the interview moment. Anything plug yourself, plug famous foxes, anything you want to say uh, to the people listening? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, famous foxes, you can get to us at famousfoxes.com. We've got like our main socials on there. Uh, I go by Drax TS. So on discord, it's Drax TS dot soul, uh, hashtag one nine one four. And on Twitter, it's at Drax TS D R A X X T S. Uh, you know, we've got a music marketplace coming out, which is a collaboration so cool. with, with Holy gangs that I'm so excited for. And, um, you know, just looking at innovating, you know, as much as we can in the space. So, you know, hopefully people can, can join in our community. You don't have to own a Fox to join our discord, just come in and chill and, and meet the community. And, you know, from there kind of like learn a little bit about us and about the community side. And, you know, eventually you'll buy a Fox and, and, you know, we'll, we'll open, we'll welcome you with open arms. That's incredible. Thank you again so much for your time. Uh, and to everyone listening, don't forget to stay average. Peace. <laughs>